my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. It's Geek Stuff, TNG. What the fuck is a reboot? We're gonna be rolling out a lot of new things. Where the stars of this piece of shit? Oh, are you? I am the sandwich. No one of consequence. You can find me on Xbox at Fat Dumbledore. <laughs> you know what keeps going through my head? Where's my sandwich? To all who come to this happy place, welcome. I am West Coast Scott! How the hell did I get roped into this? Show me what you got. Scotty, beam me up. The force is strong with this one. And I am Big Kev. Hail to the king, baby. Yo, that kid Monty is fired. I have Amigo Isis action figure. Almighty Isis. And here we go. gentlemen it feels like we've been gone for a while but uh we made sure that we took care of the listeners right we had episodes every week right oh yeah it feels like we did this opening before <laughs> don't pull back the curtain we always get it right the first time there's no take two we love to pull back the curtain there's no take two in geek stuff this show is practically just hey guys let me just take, take back this curtain for a second here hold on well, let's pull back another curtain while we pull back the first curtain <laughs> how many curtains do we have I like the blue one. The blue one's my favorite curtain. Oh, my God. It looks so good in the room. It matches the furniture. It really pulls the room together. It does. It does. Your father didn't like it, but I loved it. I know I have good taste. You got to move to your left a little, Sandwich. You got a lovely face. (laughs) Oh, sick burn. Yeah. I'll show you. Tell me where to move. Yeah, how dare you? You know, if you want to see all of the fun moving to the left, moving to the right, the hokey pokey that happens, you can do that by supporting the show over on Patreon for just $10 a month. You get to watch all the action live. Now, if $10 a month is a little more than, uh, you know, you've got in your pocket, you know, for a dollar a month, you can support the show and get access to the private Discord. For $3 a month, you get the early bird special. As soon as we're done recording these episodes, they get popped up on the Patreon and you can listen to them and get your geek stuff almost a full week early. And for $5 a month, you get the bonus round where you get... Full day early. Hmm? You just had a full week early. No, almost full... a, no, almost a full week early. The show comes out on Fridays and we typically record on Mondays, so the show comes out sometimes Monday night, sometimes Tuesday morning. So uh, you oh. know, almost a full week early. And then uh, I think that's up. I think that's deceptive advertising. <laughs> we round up. Yeah, we round up. We put an asterisk. Ne- we put a tiny asterisk next to it, and very small print next to it. I'm, I'm gonna, comes out on. I'm going to get the micro scene machines man to do all the disclosures of the uh, geek stuff. TNG law department. Can, uh, can, can you can you reach out to that? Dead. That'd be great. At the end of the episode, there's just a. He's like, he's like, <laughs> that guy's got to be dead. The micro machines man, I do think that he passed away. It's funny that, he, I mean, I, that's all I know him as is the micro machines man. Didn't he like have a world record? 
for like the fastest. Uh, oh, most, did he? I think oh. he had a, a world record for the most like syllables clearly spoken. I think it has since been beaten probably by a rapper of some sort. But uh, the, if you remember the Micro Machines, man, you can call us on the GVM line. 201-730-2547. And give us your best impression of the Micro Machines man selling some product or giving some disclosure. Not valid in all 50 int- states. Introing the show. Introing the show. Yeah, we'll just we'll just use that. If you could if you can read this script, it would be fantastic. So I don't have to do it. Um, again, you'd get the vintage episodes of Geek Stuff on the first and the fifteenth. You also get episodes of the Sandwich Shop in the bonus round. So I think I covered all the Patreon stuff. Again, hit us up over there. It's patreon.com slash geekstufftng. Also, make sure you're following us on all the social medias, right? It is geekstufftng on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Um, and we even have a website, geekstufftng.com. What other websites do we own? Several. Mr. Mr. Kev. I think one we're going we're gonna to talk about today, again, which we haven't done anything with yet, but it is, what is it? Public Domainiverse? The public domainiverse. Public domainiverse. So we're gonna have to do something with that. I think because it's gonna be more and more in the news. It is in a news story today in uh, the comics section, which we'll be talking about later. Okay. So let's do this. Geek stuff. What's in the news? Uh, let's do box office news to start. Um, Top Gun is now higher up than Infinity War. Is it really? Yeah. Wow, Top Gun is like unstoppable. It is amazing, and I still haven't seen it. I haven't either. I kind of want to go see it now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So it's what? So it, it passed up Jura- the Jurassic's. It passed up Infinity War. It passed up Avatar. I mean, I don't know what else is on that list, but I mean, it's just that's just blowing me away. So, so the, the the thing is, it's not like a super actiony movie, though, right? Like it's like I imagine there's some form of action, but it's not like a like a you know, not like flipping jets over like rings of fire type shit. Like it, I think it's still like um more of a drama than anything, right? I mean, drama. I don't know. There was there was in the first one there was a lot of like fighter pilot action, and there's a little bit of romance, and then there's lots of shirtless dudes playing uh, volleyball. You know, if you're into that kind of thing, so. I don't know. I mean, I would. I, I would shirtless guys playing volleyball is going to get the sandwich in there immediately. I mean, if it means anything to you, Anthony Edwards was one of them. So actually, I don't think he was shirtless. Ooh. I think he was the only one wearing a shirt, and that's what led led people to say, "How bad is Anthony Edwards' chest that he wouldn't remove his shirt for that scene?" So let's see. Looking at the list here, uh, the what is the number one box office of all time? Lifetime gross. Is it Endgame and or uh, Avatar? No. It is, according to this box office mojo, top lifetime gross list, overall, it is Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens at $936 million. Wow. Next on the list, and that was released in 2015, next on the list is Avengers Endgame at $858 million, And then Spider-Man No Way Home, $804 million. Then Avatar... Uh, 760. Black Panther is 700 million, and then Top Gun is 683, having just passed Avengers Infinity War at 678. And then rounding out the top 10, you got Titanic, Jurassic World, and The Avengers. Hmm. So, so yeah, I mean, Top Gun, I mean, it's it's working its way up. So what, the next one is going to be Black Panther, and that is only 20 million away. And it's still in theaters. So, you know, for lifetime gross, it's going to be 
it, it might overtake Avatar at number four with 760 million, but that's almost, you know, I mean, it's 80 million more than where it is today. So it may, it may stall out somewhere in the top five. Just great. Anyways, you know, I mean, worst places to stall. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it really is. Like you said, though, sandwich, it's not what the rest of that list was, right? You yeah. know, it's not a, a, it's not a comic book movie. It's not a superhero movie. It's somewhat, you know, fact based, not fact based, but like it's like a normal, yeah, it's a normal environment, right? So it is interesting. Oh man! So speaking of uh, Mr. Tom Cruise, let's see. There was an article not that long ago. Mickey Rourke called Tom Cruise irrelevant. He's been doing the same effing part for the last thirty-five years. And Tom Said Cruise, Mickey Rourke, who's been doing the same part his entire <laughs> career. Yeah, playing Mickey Rourke. <laughs> right. Is that the kind of Mickey actor Rourke he is? now with a Russian accent? Right. That's the only difference between his parts. Rick Mickey Rourke. Now he's a wrestler. That was a pretty good movie, though. You gotta say, you gotta admit, the wrestler was pretty good. It was. I don't a good know if it was good because Mickey. I liked him in Iron Man. Also, I don't think movies are good because of him. I think they're good movies. And anybody would have been good in the parts, despite him. They're good despite him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let me let me clean out a couple of Tom Cruise stories from from the news list here. Uh, my, How many did we have? I've got like four or five. Uh, so live, die, repeat. Colon Edge of Tomorrow is getting a 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray and digital. That release. really made the news. Eh, I mean, you know, I, I keep it for product, like what's coming out on 4K. But now, did they officially change the title back to Live Die Repeat? Because I know when it was released in theaters, it was called Edge of Tomorrow, which Edge didn't tomorrow. make any sense, right? Yeah, I think it's still Edge of Tomorrow. So, but I think unless they're renaming it for the re-release, uh, which is possible, but I think maybe it's a live die repeat edition. Yeah, domestically it yeah, was it be. was that. I think in the in the international markets, I think it was called live die repeat though. Also, uh, and let's see, Minority Report's been out for twenty years. So yeah, that was the bad sequel to Total Recall, right? No, Minority Report was a standalone. Someone told me I thought I read somewhere it was a sequel to Total Recall. No way. No, there's Nothing no sequel to a Total Recall Nothing, at all. Yeah. I don't know why I thought that. Have My you apologies. ever seen it? Um, no, I never sandwich heard anything good about shop. it. No, Minority Report sandwich shop. I don't immediately, wanna... immediately. I can't in fact, in sandwich fact, shop every Scott, movie you like. Scott, put the show on pause. All right, hold on. <laughs> There was the show on pause. Did you finish it? I got through most of it. Okay. Can you tell us anything about it? No. You need I, to do a sandwich shop on Minority Report. How did that? How did that possibly get by? You were like at least seven when that movie came out. I mean, it's celebrating its twenty-year anniversary. So, however old that was, five. See, five. I was close. We're the same age. 
You can do the math yourself. We all all know I'm two years older than you. We're not fooling anyone. So let me give you the pedigree of this movie, Sandwich. First of all, it's based on a Philip K. Dick story. You know who Philip K. Dick is? He has no no idea who Philip K. Dick is. So Philip K. Dick, very... uh, He's a prolific sci-fi author, right? Prolific. But very many... One of my favorites. Yeah, many of your... I don't want to say your favorite sci-fi movies, but many movies have been based on Philip K. Dick short stories. Yeah. For example, Blade Runner, Blade Runner, which based on Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? I believe was the yes, title. That's right? correct. Isn't isn't uh, Total Recall also a Philip K. Dick? I don't think Total Recall is Philip K. Dick. I don't think so. Just but, Google them. Google Philip K. Dick movies. You'll you'll be stunned by uh, how many are uh, derivative of something. Okay, so let me ask you this real quick. Who's got yes. more who's got more uh fiction, you know, or books and novels and short stories turned into movies? Philip K. Dick or Michael Crichton? I'd say Philip K. Dick. All right. So um, I, I have a a quick sandwich was right uh point. It was supposed to be a sequel to Total Recall, but something happened when they made it a standalone project. Huh. So Kevin is wrong. I've never heard that ever. There you go. Yeah, I've never heard that either. So I've never heard that ever. Yeah. And so so we have sandwiches right moments. We've had several of them. You just we just never go back and note them. And second of all, it doesn't make me wrong because it wasn't actually a sequel. That's Philip K. Dick calling from beyond the grave to correct you. Everyone calling. (laughs) Beyond the grave. It's um <laughs> it's it's Arnold's character from Total Recall. It's not me. It was a sequel. But two. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Who um, is your daddy and what does he do? So let's see, the man in the high castle is based on him. Yeah, that's actually true. I forgot that. Let's that's see. actually a good one. Yeah, Blade Runner, Electric Dreams, Minority Report. Lots of Blade Runner stuff in these in films and stuff. The Adjustment Bureau. I don't know if you remember that one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that Ben Affleck? I think I think so. Yeah. And then you've got oh man that movie Next with uh with Nicolas Cage where he could see like thirty seconds into the future or a minute into the future. But I don't know. It was an amount of time. I thought it was two minutes. Maybe been two minutes. Whatever. Too but he long. could see just only a little bit into the future, right? So like yeah, he yeah. could see he could, he he could win at blackjack or whatever. Ridiculous wig on his head. Yeah. Let's see a scanner darkly. Paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, Paycheck also Ben Affleck. So yeah, Total Recall is a Philip K. Dick. Um, that's why maybe uh, in the Philip K. Dick universe, uh, the original. Okay, I never heard. There. I've never heard that before ever. Yeah. So again, I don't even see how that's possible, but okay. Yeah. So you got uh, you got a Philip K. Dick story. You got Tom Cruise the, as the star, and you got Steven the, Spielberg directing. The Dickiverse. <laughs> Should I get that? Uh... I think someone has it already. Yeah. I don't want to look. <laughs> that's a, that's a different. Yeah. <laughs> Let's don't Dick... look that up, kids. <laughs> Do not. Oh the boy. Dickiverse. The Geeks of TNG does not endorse the Dickiverse. Whatever Dickiverse. it may, or may not be. <laughs> what about K Dickiverse? Can we get that? K comma. I don't Dick. know if I want it. Do we need it? <laughs> Just Dickiverse. I'm not even going to say what I would say for, if we're using, if we're just holding a website like that. We're <laughs> holding your, you're, you're holding your Dickiverse. Every Kev, time you want to squat the Dickiverse, tell me, do you want to do that? 
Yeah. Mm, no. <laughs> All right. We, All right. Every time we have a good idea for a website, we buy it. <laughs> it's like we every time. We don't ever execute the ideas, but we got lots of good ones. Honestly, if Dickiverse you know, is the one thing that sticks, I swear. <laughs> if You know, let me tell you that the the one we have that uh, Scott's going to now do the news story to so that this segue doesn't suck. Uh, you know, the um, the uh, public domainiverse, all we're going to do on public domain on the public domainiverse website is sell the t shirt. There you go. Like, <laughs> we're just going to put the t it's going to link to T public or wherever the hell we get that design put on a shirt, it's just going to link straight to there. Now, who, who's our resident artist? Is that uh, East Coast Scott? Can he can he no, develop East, the logo? East Scott is a digital artist, so I mean, but he can make a logo know, that we I can want, put on t-shirts. I want someone to draw this one. I, I don't know. We'll we'll find somebody, and we want to big give a big shout out, by the way, to our pal Caesar over there at Victoria. I think it's Victoria Inc. Studios. It's been a long time. I forget. Um, I'm pretty sure that's wasn't it Victoria Inc. Isn't it Caesar? I'm pretty sure that's him. I think it's um, is that where you get a free lollipop for mentioning geek stuff when you go into is. the tattoo shop, that's right? The, that's the very one. For those of you that have been uh, listening to the actually, show for a long time, you'll remember that. He actually uh, he sent us over an updated version of the logo that he did for the show several years ago, now with West Coast Scott in it. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. When are you going to share it? Uh, yeah, I should share it. I will. We're just gonna we're we have to figure out a place to to use it because we're going to the um, the East Coast Scott logo on the website hopefully before New York Comic Con. So there's that. Uh -huh. But right. anyway, enough of behind the curtain. So who was the inspiration for the public domainiverse? What was the news story? Do you remember? Initially, yeah, when we talked about it just a month or so ago. So was it Winnie the Pooh or was it Conan at that time? It was Conan. It was Conan. So let's do this. Geek stuff. Comic news. Smell that? That's the smell of new comic books. So in the Savage Avengers storyline. So, you lost me. Yeah. Right there. I'm out. Uh, well, I have to say this. We should Attention. spoil it. The following information is considered spoiler material. So if you've been... We can prevent any from, anyone from reading that book. We should spoil it. <laughs> All right. But so it's a Savage Avenger storyline, and Conan, the barbarian, not Conan O'Brien, is one of the characters. And uh, so Thulsa Doom, right, who was the character played by... Um, James Earl Jones in the movie Conan the Barbarian. Um, essentially, in an upcoming episode, he's going to kill Conan, and oh, it, it no. makes sense for the Mar but it makes sense for the Marvel to kill him off because they've lost the rights. He's going into the public domain. He's gone. So they why haven't lost the rights? They could continue to use the character. They're just going to kill him for the sake of selling a book, right? I mean, yeah. So that's that's essentially what's happening over there. So stupid. So so no more Conan in the Savage Avengers. Nope, but you can see this. Conan in the new logo for the public domainiverse. Conan writing on Winnie the Pooh, right? That's the that's the logo. Yep. All right. Uh, it's 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 a barbarian riding on a big yellow bear that's wearing a red vest. Yep. 
That's exactly it. So, let's see. In uh, other comic book news, Kev, who's your favorite comic book character other than Captain America? Is Captain America your favorite? Well, I guess Joker's your favorite comic book character, right? Who's your favorite Marvel character? Captain America. Okay. Next. Who's next on your list? Oh. Mm. In Marvel? Yes. Well, that's a tough one. Maybe Wolverine? Right. Maybe. Is Daredevil not high on your list? Oh, yeah. No, Daredevil. Yeah, he's definitely next. All right. So they're, they are uh, doing some major changes to Daredevil over there, starting with uh, Daredevil number two. Yes, I've heard rumors of this. So what have you heard? Uh, that they're doing some changes as of issue two. <laughs> oh, so you heard those rumors here? I recently heard that. <laughs> very recently. It was very, it was very recent news. <laughs> what, what are they doing? Are they pulling him out of Hell's Kitchen again? Yeah, well, you know, we were talking about that before you joined the, the show. Do you think that on She-Hulk, not to jump around too much, that what, what were you t- saying about it, uh, Sandwich? Well, like she's working in L.A., so I think when Daredevil shows up, he's not working in New York anymore. Is the thing? I think he's moved. Or her. Also, uh, because the thing about him being reborn—that's the title of his show when it comes out. Daredevil reborn. Maybe that literally meant him leaving Hell's Kitchen. I mean, all of these things could be true. We're just gonna have to wait and see. Oh, yeah. It could also be that one. Well, it could also be that one or both of them. Well, not 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 Daredevil, but it could be that her firm is by coastal and she has to go to New York for a case. I think she's so far. First episode, she said she works in LA. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. They can they can make it a multi. Uh, they can make it a bi coastal law group, and they send her to LA because or New York because it's a superhero case. They could totally do that. You know, I'm not saying they're going to, but I'm saying there's a plausible reason to have Daredevil show up, uh, or rather, to have her show up in New York to keep Daredevil in Hell's Kitchen. What's the change in the book? So it's looking like a character named uh, Goldie, Robert Goldie Goldman, a former classmate okay. of Matt's, um, like knows about him, his abilities, and has been like orchestrating many of the major events. So they're kind of retconning that he was behind a lot of those things. Also saying that um, he had his abilities bef- since before the accident and just didn't know it. Really? Yeah. Wasn't the whole thing? That like he trained into them essentially, and then he yeah, also it, like got he, mutated a little bit. He's convincing Daredevil that his abilities have been with him since he was a kid, and describes them as voices from God. Uh, well, they did do a bit of that in the book. I mean, they did allude to something along those lines. So, I mean, I, okay, but who is this guy, and what what is the purpose? Is he pulling the strings? Is he they going to fight? What's yeah, that's what it seems like. That like he's been shaping Daredevil's life. So I don't know. That doesn't seem. I, I think other than the fact that they're they're going to tie it to Daredevil because Daredevil's a very religious character, right? I mean, he's Catholic. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I think they're going to tie it more to his religious beliefs and that this person's been, 
it just says everything about his history is changed. So they're going to basically retcon that this guy was lurking about causing some of the major events in his life and also tying it into uh, his religion is what it looks like. So interesting. Doesn't seem like so they're not really. I mean, you know, all the things still happen. They're not retconning things away, which would be the problem. So right. you know, if somebody else was pulling some strings to make some of those things happen. That that's I think better than saying things didn't happen. So let's see. Um, let's see a couple of notable deaths. Alan Grant, who was a Judge Dredd and Batman writer, passed away at seventy three. Oh my God! Really, yeah. Alan Grant? Alan yeah. Grant is the one who? Did you say Judge Dredd and who? And Batman, and Excalibur, in the UK, Captain Britain in the UK. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. I feel like he did almost the whole run of Captain Britain in the when it was Captain Britain magazine or whatever it was, Marvel, a Marvel magazine in the UK. I think. I think I'm right about that. Let's see here. Let's kind of look through Judge Dredd in the '90s, Outcasts, uh, Batman, Shadow of the Bat. Legion, the first Lobo story. Batman, the Stone King. Alan Grant, you said, right? Yes. Alan Grant. Isn't that who did Captain Britain? Look up Captain Britain magazine. Or Alan. Look up Alan and Captain Britain and see what comes up there. Let's see. Now, I would be doing this, except every... As the listeners know, every piece of technology I own is dedicated to bringing you this program right now. Let's see. So it says uh, he's best known for his work on 2000 AD and being co-creator of uh, Mr. Zai's uh, Rat Ratcatcher and a Ventriloquist. Let's see. But I am not seeing anything about Excalibur in... I, I, in I must have the name wrong. It's got to be a different Alan. Alan... Isn't, Shoot. isn't Alan Grant the name of the character in uh, Jurassic Park that's played by... Is it name? Alan, his first name? It could be. Yeah. But that's not who I'm... I'm I, I want to know now who wrote Captain Britain in the UK magazine. It's Alan somebody. All right. While Sandwich looks that up, I will do another notable comics death. How about uh, Sid Jacobson? That name, do you know what he did? The name's familiar, which means the moment you tell me what he did, I'm be like, "Oh yeah." So he did like some uh, Richie Rich comic books, and what else? He had like the article says an, an artist with lots of range. He died at age 92. Oh, and the article won't let me read it because it's behind a paywall. That's unfortunate. Oh, burn! Hold on, producing. I got, I got a different article. That's why I have multiple articles to check. So hold on, I can't read all of these things. I think um, Casper is the ghost of Richie Rich. The the later contributions, there were actually two Allens. There was an Alan Moore that, and Alan no, Davis. No, Alan Davis is the one I'm thinking of. Thank you, Sandwich. Not Alan Moore. But yeah, Alan Davis wrote Captain Britain in the UK magazine. Yeah, woo, well, that was a confusing bit. Alan Moore is the guy that wrote The Watchmen. Have you read The Watchmen, Sandwich? Yeah. Okay. Have you seen the movie, Sandwich? I've seen the movie, and I even watched that god-awful show. Dude, that show was not bad. It wasn't bad, but it was a sequel to the book. It absolutely was a sequel to the book, and I thought it was I, really I, good. I really didn't like it. 
Well, it, it also means if you didn't read the book or weren't really, really familiar with it, there were a lot of aspects of that show that made no sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine someone who is not super familiar with the material. Like, why is it raining squids? Which yeah, also, exactly. like, what's the that's connection great... of the squids? Yeah, that's exactly correct. <laughs> because anyone who saw the movie would not have any connection with that aspect of the show at all. Yeah. If all you saw was the movie, you got nothing. Yeah, I really didn't like that show. Oh, we man. Go into that another, at another point, but I really did not like that show. I liked it if they had done a comic book adaptation of the uh, uh, first and then did the show, it would have been great. But they didn't. They did a movie and they changed things and then did a, a show that is the sequel to the book that was never translated directly into film. So, yeah. I mean, it didn't make a lot of sense. I remember watching, I think it was the, even the first episode of that show. And I was like, oh, shit, it's a it's a sequel to the book. It starts raining. They're, they're just parked somewhere. It starts raining squids. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, it's the it's this is a sequel to the book. Yeah. I, I, in, <laughs> in, that, in that regard, I thought they did a really good job. And then for better or for worse, the um, I mean, it was almost prophetic, uh, you know, <laughs> When when you look at taking the original uh, relatively uh, dark and pessimistic view of the world from the original Alan Moore work, and then jumping it forward was it twenty five years later, and then yeah whatever you know, it was, and yeah. it felt like it was like ooh it's almost I mean so it's almost too close to the real world you know, but uh, yeah. you know all right so let's uh, let's do this, and so let's see the last thing in the. Uh, in the let's see in the dc universe there's a redesign of superman making his man of steel nickname literal does anybody read any dc i i wish i read comics nowadays we turn on the black light let the dungeons and the dragons begin it's dnd fighting with the legends of yore it's dnd I, I knew you were going to be ready for it, so I had to throw it to the first segment to try to get That's you. Fine. No, you got me. So, <laughs> all the power to you. I can't be. I can't be mad. I know at any moment when I talk, you can just jump in. <laughs> I that one got me. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I mean, that one got because even I was like, "What the hell is he doing?" <laughs> oh, I don't know. I could also ask, "What do you think about that sandwich?" And then doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. Okay, so. We have some uh, product from uh, yes. our friends over at Wizard. A very important product. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. The complete, the Spelljammers, Ad- Adventures in Space, the three-book set. Now, that's the special Ooh. edition three-book set? This is the special edition cover. Did you, do you get both for Mr. Kev, or does he just get the special editions? Not, I don't know what limited. you're talking about. I signed an NDA, so I do not. I will not break my NDA. Thank you for respecting your NDA. Uh, this is the regular cover. Oh, I like both covers, if I'm being honest. Fun fact, it is a sealed thing. So you collector fiends, I'm not saying any names. They'll be, oh, is your copy sealed? Is your copy opened? You know, do you buy two sets, one to open and one to leave sealed? Who would do that? I, I don't, I, only only the absolute insane would do that. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, yep. it is a thing I, I, I noticed the second I saw it covered in plastic, I knew people were going to think about it. Oh, now I have to get a second a second version of it, one to open and one not to. I mean, yeah, but I mean, is there anywhere that you go? Yeah, the books do not come shrink wrapped, basically. 
under normal circumstances. This is just shrink wrap yeah. because it's it's not just a three book set. There's other stuff in there. I guess you'll tell us all so, of that. Yes. So, what is in your three book set? So, what is in your three book set? Along with your three books, you get this. Well, so you get depending on your version, a DM screen for Spelljammer. It is a Spelljammer specific DM screen because I obviously want to look this pretty. Um, it's hard to like really get a good showing of it, but like. For those of you who can see, you got some spell jammers flying, some giant space giant dead thing of some sort. I don't know. It just looks cool. Uh, inside, a bunch of stuff about um, encounters, just generic encounters you could have on space. And so like, it's, stuff it's basically spell jam. It's, it's kind of just it's just specifically spell jammer stuff. It's a specific spell jammer DM screen. Your normal DM screen will come with just generic stuff for any D&D setting. Right. This is stuff for while in space on your spell jammer. For those who know what a right. spell jammer is, it's your spaceship. Right. Literally and figuratively. Now, uh, real quick, spell jammer is a thing that believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Kev, it's been around for a while, hasn't it? it goes, yes. How far back does it go? Do you remember offhand? I, 80, I, I'm going to say like 85, 86. Now that, that started with exposition to barrier peaks. Is that the right trivia dnd trivia on that no no what we're looking for is the actual box set date which yeah, i feel like is 85 it wasn't ad and d i know that much 89 oh is it 89 is that far wow okay yeah. um so you know this is definitely a set i know a lot of people this is a set i haven't seen in a while with a lot of split people where it's either I love the idea of Spelljammer, I love the idea of this, or I hate yeah. this, this is not Dungeons and Dragons. And I feel like that's the reason they did it as a box set rather than one book. Because I think it's not going to do as well as a bunch of solo books and like screens and things. Yeah. Because I think it's divisive in that way. So I think purists are not going to buy it because Spelljammer kind of turns D&D a little spacey more than than people want in a D&D game. Um it's also clear that if they think that they've never read or they don't know enough about Spelljammer to be saying that shit because it's not accurate. Um that's one. Two, I also think that even if they sold a lot of the core book I don't think there's going to be a lot of demand for additional material unless somehow Spelljammer surprises everybody and becomes this huge thing. I don't think there's going to be a lot of calls for additional material. So that's it. I mean, other than the, you know, maybe they'll get, uh, you know, like a module or maybe one more book full of adventures and that kind of thing. Although what's in there? Isn't there a book of adventures in there? So, what you get, this is the adventure book. It's the light of Zarix. Zarixis. This is the special. I, I I didn't open the regular cover, so I only have the special covers for display purposes. Okay. Nice. So yeah, we have a adventure module. Uh, all the books, just so we're are somewhere around. I want to see about like a hundred to seven, like seventy to hundred pages, somewhere in that range. Maybe way less than I thought. Yeah, about. So like the light of Zarix runs you about sixty four pages. Right. You then have Boo's Astral Menagerie. 
which is effectively the monster manual for yeah monster manual and some other stuff in there it's you know just are the playable races in there or in are they in the light book so yeah there's also this one this is the monster manual runs also about 64 pages maybe i was just bad at math and they all run 64 pages Okay, so if those two are six, so we're up to 128 pages. Astral Adventures Guide, running you 64 pages. There you go. So that's 64 times 192 pages. There you go, 192 pages. So this is the um, the players, like the races you can play. You get two. So that's like the player's handbook. Yes. Right. Also get a bunch of spell jammer options a bunch of different ship options and like um this is one example i don't know how great you can see it they stat block them for a map oh nice so you'll say okay if i'm run, if i if i give my team the example i showed the patreon members the star moth they give you a star moth like deck map so if you're plotting it out right now, yeah nice which is nice i mean um, appropriate also Oh yeah, no, it's awesome. They they give you a lot of options here. Six new playable races, which are they're all interesting and different, and are adding a lot of interesting things. Yeah, isn't one is like a blob? So you have the astral elf, right? You have an auto gnome, which is basically an it's it's a warforged gnome. Yeah, or like for a better word, it's small, treats it like a warforge, all that fun stuff. You have a gif, which is a hippo dude. Okay. You have uh, the living oozes. You yeah, have the living thing- oozes. That one was a plasmoid. Really interesting. There's a Hadizi, which is like. Is that the hamster? No, it's like a, um, a, one of those. It's like a gliding monkey. Oh, flying monkey. Yes. And then uh, the last one they introduced is three keen, which are like bug people. Which are from Dark Sun. Oh, are they? Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah six new races. Um, I think the giant hamsters are in the monster manual. I didn't go too oh, deep okay. into the monster manual stuff, but there is a so bunch effectively, of giant stuff. Effectively, it's a spell jammer, uh, almost a spell jammer adventure in a box because you have effectively a player's handbook, yes. effectively an adventure guide or a DM guide, yes, and effectively a monster manual. Plus, you have the screen. And it all comes in a nice slipcase. Yes. Um, I will also say real quick. Yeah. Um, I saw this announced at some point. Obviously, didn't come here. They're also going to do a spell jammer map. So like a regular oh. D&D map. But they're they're making the ships to scale. Oh, so nice. You can do ship battles because all these ships have some kind of ballista or something like so that. So one assumes that that will be whiz kids handling that. Because I believe they're the ones so. who are handling the official miniatures. I I think so. I saw so they have they're gonna have um some sets of minis for the the ships specifically. I did see that online somewhere. Okay. And then they're also having like a starry map, so you could use that for you know regular D. It's it's gonna be D and D scaled. So yes, right. you can use your regular five E minis if you want and have it be like oh you're in an astral place, or if you're doing ship based combat, you can actually run it a little easier than the current state where there's not really ships for that scaling i think that's nice i missed it what's the suggested retail price of such a fine three book and a uh a dm shields in a slipcase 
So I believe because it, um, hold on, let me see here. Actually, in theory, it's supposed to run you 70 bucks. Now that's not bad. Yes. 70 bucks isn't bad for it's 192 pages of content. Yep. It's got, you get a screen. Full color books, you get the screen. Those screens usually run like 25, 30 bucks, don't they? Yeah. yeah. So if you even if you lowball the screen at let's say 20 bucks, you're still getting 192 pages of content. What's the last? What was the last book? Do you remember? And is it handy? Um, it is handy. Yeah, keep them all handy. Uh give me just two minutes. Hold on. So what I what I want to know is what was the what was the size of the last book and the price? Are they being consistent? With the pricing, although this is arguably a better set because of a number of reasons. The slipcase, the the DM shield comes with it, the DM screen rather comes with it. I mean, so arguably it's a it's a better set for or it's rather a more complete set, I suppose. Yeah, because you could have you could have made this like a box set like the uh like the essentials kit and the starter set. And they could have done a Spelljammer set and like downgraded it to, to paperbacks and put it in a box with it just and throw in a new set of dice. They, they could have done that way, the other... but they went this way, which I think is better. It's like I almost would say going forward, like, do you need the starter set? You know, the only thing you get out of a starter set is the dice, right? But everything else, you know, is hardcover the rest of the way. You could almost forego the starter set and just, you know, work with the hardcover books. But, you know, if you've never played before, I think those starter sets are really great because they're it's the way that they're written. Yeah. You know, they're they're written in such a way as to be able to just launch and go with your character. And I think that's important because, uh, you know, unlike people who have been playing for, you know, 40 or 50 years, uh, you know, who want to. I, I mean, when I DM the character creation process. Is deep. You know, like and and I want specifics of these characters from these players because I want to integrate those characters backstories and and compecadillos. I want them to be integrated into the game because that makes the game more character centric. I do that all the time. However, if you're just sitting down, it's the first time you've ever played D&D. You know, and you're just like, or you're just trying to show somebody, hey, this is what it's like. You want to roll through that process fast. The best way to do that is with a starter kit. Because it's just boom, boom, boom. There's no, I mean, you can get lost just in the player's handbook by handing it to somebody who's never played before and go, okay, pick a race. And they're there. They could be there for a month reading all the and the classes and the subclasses and so on and so on that's why i like the the starter kits and the essential kits i think are really good for that purpose what i'm getting at though is the uh, is the opposite well first let's establish this because sandwich is back so sandwich what was the last book how many pages and what was the price so i have the last two books um also i wanted to point out uh you also get a pullout map with this box set yeah but nobody Um, does I know you don't have it, but for people who care, you get a pull-up map that you'll leave in the book if you're a sane person. Um, but the last two books, I forget the order of them, so I just got both of them. There was the adventure module, the critical adventure module. That came out right. to 224 pages, so I mean, not much more. And the price? 50 bucks. They, 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 uh, every book, I think, to date, 
Beyond the Cookbook, which technically wasn't released by Wizard the Coast, all is around about 50 bucks. And then there was the updated Monster Manual. Now, granted, they're consolidating five books into one. So you're right. going to have more books, but it's coming out to 288. Once again, you're consolidating five books, though. So it's really. And it's how much is that one? 50 bucks. That was also 50. So yes. for an additional, what? What do we say? 70 bucks? Additional 20 bucks. You're getting the slipcase. You're getting the screen. Well, that kind of that tracks really. Well, no, I guess it doesn't. I guess uh, Star Jammer from a monetary perspective, I guess, is a little bit more expensive. No, but it balances out because you're getting 192 pages of material and the screen and the slipcase for 70 bucks. You'd be getting, let's say, 200 odd pages of material for 50. We said those screens probably cost about 20, 25 bucks add the slip case in and yeah so it's par it's basically on par with their other releases i just think it's more information than they could stick in one book and why make a massive book uh of 192 pages when you can split it into three books which is also again here's another reason if everyone in the group doesn't get Spelljammer, but you still want to play Spelljammer, you can, you know, you can rotate those books around. One person can be using this book and looking one person looking at the other book and so on and so forth. So that's yet another reason why I think a box set like this works. I still think the main reason though is that I don't think that I don't think Spelljammer is going to have the legs to do a lot of supplemental material. And so therefore I think that kind of throwing it all out there and see what sticks, I think was a wise move. It's kind of, it's niche within the D and D world. Not everybody's going to want to play it. Right. That's kind of what you're saying. Yeah, Like Ravenloft, like uh, uh, what was the other one sandwich that we waited for forever? Eberron. Um, Eberron. And they've done no, they, they've done what one supplemental material on Eberron since I think one. Have they even done one? I thought they did one, but I could be wrong. But the point, the point is, is that you can continue to introduce the, oh, I would have been, I would have been happy if they did Eberron as a box set. That would have been great. But that aside, this is vastly different than an Eberron or even a Ravenloft. This is vastly different than that. Mm-hmm. You know, this is an entirely different thing altogether. So that monkey race, I'm thinking about that monkey race. What were they called again? Uh, Hazardine, something like that. Yeah, I feel like, and now I could be wrong. If somebody Googles and finds out, I think that race was a race in... Um, Scott, you're old. What was TSR's space RPG? Oh, was it Star Frontiers? Star Frontiers. Yeah, I think that was a. I think that was a race in Star Frontiers. The three Kryn were not. They were definite. Uh, at least I don't think they were. I don't remember them being. The three Kryn though are definitely Dark Sun. Definitely a hundred percent Dark Sun. And I remember their little throwing weapon thing made out of like 
like desert glass or some shit. I don't know. It was really good. It was really cool. The description was really cool. But I'm pretty sure that that race, whatever that race is. Hadozi. Hadozi. If you Google that and see if the history on that race brings. Because honestly, not only do I think it's a race from Star Frontiers, I feel like one of them was featured on the original box art for Star Frontiers. The purple box. I think it was the only box. If if one of you or both of you is looking that up, let us right know. Now. Because it sounds like, and good for them, they're using properties that they have that have been long dormant, like Star Frontiers. I don't think we're going to get Star Frontiers back. It'd be nice if we got like a one-off. You know, if we got a one-off Wizards of the Coast version of Star Frontiers, that would be pretty cool. I just don't, I don't so, think we will. I think it was called a Yazarian. Okay. Which basically was the same thing. Yeah. Okay. But it was a Yazarian. Huh? Yazarian? Yeah. Because I'm look, I look it up. Star Frontier had a race that was essentially the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Y-A-Z-I-R-I-A-N-S. So, yeah. Yazarians. Yazarians. But they look like, don't they look like those monkeys? They're very similar. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. They ported it. So here's a here's an article right here. It says D and D Monster Spotlight Hadozi resurrects Star Frontiers Yazarian. Aha! And that was five hours ago. Aha! Somebody's digging through the book just like we are. Yeah. Do they say about the three crin originating in Dark Sun? Um, I think I think that article I saw was just about. Hadozi. Yeah, it's it's specifically about this about that race. Oh, okay. But I I want to make sure we get through all this stuff, but also there's more DD stuff to talk about. So, real quick, so if you were gonna Let's play wrap up Spelljammer though. If you were gonna spe- play a Spelljammer's campaign, yes. would you could you do it with just the books in the slipcase, or do you still need your your dungeon master's guide, your player's handbook. I guess you need your play. Um, you need that for like if they're because their characters aren't going to be created. I guess yeah. if you created your characters in Spelljammer using the slipcase, could you literally just play your campaign with the books in that slipcase? I don't think there's enough information in the slipcase probably to create a character broadly. I think you still need a player's handbook to do that. So if you got your player's yeah, handbook, so like your dungeon classes. master's guide, and then that uh, that slipcase, you're good to go. Yes. Yeah, Probably. I mean, the, the I know there are different races. Are there yeah. different classes as well and in the Spelljammer? Book? No. So it's basically the classes and all that information is going to remain unchanged. Yeah. So therefore, you're going to need at least a player's handbook, if not uh, the player's handbook sequel, whatever they called it. I don't remember. Um, you're going to need both of those, really. To be broad, you're going to need both. I would say if you're a DM running this, I would maybe consider the latest Monster Manuel, Monsters of the Multiverse. Maybe oh, yeah. just just to have right. like extra monster stuff. But I mean, they give you a good amount of stuff to throw, still. Um, and then obviously you could just be like, "Oh, a red dragon? Why not?" You know, like in space. Yes, it, it's in different. Space, dragons can't breathe fire. Well, this space dragon can't, you know, you could Dungeons and Dragons magic. Was there a space dragon in there? 
There was a solar was. dragon. There you go. What is a silver dragon? Is that solar? Solar. Solar, like solar dragon. Nice. He's charged by the power of the sun. He's renewable. <laughs> like like uh, like the bad guy in Superman Four. He's the Tesla of uh yeah that's plug in <laughs> plug right. in dragon. Let's so let's move on from uh Spelljammer to what's the next one? So the thing is, um Wizards of the Coast recently, and I mean within the past week of recording, they did a live stream where they talked about here's what we're doing with Dungeons and Dragons for the next year. Here's what we're doing with magic for the next year. And at the end of it, they talked about D&D 1, which is the next edition for Dungeons and Dragons. Sixth edition. In theory, but they're not doing, they don't want to call it sixth edition. They want to call it D&D 1. Is it D&D 1 or 1 D&D? 1 D&D, D&D 1. Sorry, it might be 1 D&D. Um, they did say uh, officially that five it will be backwards compatible with five e. Oh boy! So the five e pedaling begins. Five e will still be usable, which is good, which I appreciate. Usable. They at some point said that there's going to be an updated rule book that'll come out. That you'll be using these rules, or you know, like people have been doing, if you want to just play straight 5e, you could do that. Um, they said play testing for this new edition will go all the way through to the end of 2023. So they're gonna be play testing. You can play test it right now. If you want to start a DD um campaign with one DD. You could start playtesting it in theory tomorrow. How um, do we get the materials? If you go on to the D&D Beyond website, there is a button that says start playtesting. Oh. And um, I believe, if I'm looking at this properly, there's some download, there's some content already. I think they're going to be adding more content as, as well as time goes on. Sandwich, you got to crawl in there and uh, get in there and crawl around. And let us know what's going on there. Also, one thing I did see is they I I didn't really get too far into my friends have I talked about my friends the other day, um they've altered crits. Wait, you you have you have friends other than us? When when did this happen? Wow, way to be mean. (laughs) Um, sorry. Um, they've altered crits. They've altered races. They've altered feats. Mm Hmm. So I mean, they, that was coming. Quentin Tarantino's upset about that last one. He's very upset about that. Um, so they have begun really going into altering this. So I, I don't know if I'm getting a 5.5 feel from this or a six feel yet. You know, once again, we have to see what the playtest looks like. We still have a couple. The playtest isn't in theory done till the end of next year. So they already they already announced also the six new 5e edition books. For next year, so we have that material. Six, six, six books book. for next year. And I know the next one is the Dragonlance. Dragonlance is coming and, out and then in the, December. The, the is it thing, a five E Dragonlance? Five E Dragon. Everything's going to be five E. Okay. For until for the end of this year until the end of next year, everything's going to be five E. Also, well, that's that's going to sink five E. The moment they are not five E, that's going to sink one 
because the moment they release Dragonlance in 5e, no one's going to give a crap about going to another system. Well, the other thing it's, about the Dragonlance... It's Dragon the Lance, one everyone's waiting for. Yeah. It's, it's everyone's also, waiting for it. It's going to be... Uh, that's going to be the first one where it's going to be bundled with the electronic edition, like the D&D Beyond. Like, when you when you buy Dragonlance, you're going to get both the physical and the electronic version. Oh, yeah? So yeah. That's, that's the first time that they've done that. Wow. That's interesting. I didn't think they would do that. That's It's a very unhasbro thing to do. <laughs> yeah. I, said, I said they would never do that. So here's... Here's me being happy I'm wrong. So, but I'm guessing though, what's going to happen then is when one D&D comes out, they're going to bundle electronic in with that. Yeah. Stupid. So, I mean, they're going to alienate all the 5e people who can't get core books on D&D Beyond without buying them. That's stupid. They're forced, they're going to force people. They're going to force people into one D&D by playing on the fact that everybody wants this to be electronic. And they're not going to give people 5E books electronically. Yeah. And they're going to make them by the electronic people who really want electronics. They're all going to go for the one books because they're going to be bundled in with the electronic version. Well, on one hand, it's brilliant. It's also underhanded and shitty. So, also, you know, think about it in the grand scale. We've had 5e. It doesn't feel like it. You know, by the end of playtest, it'll have been 10 years almost. You know, came out 2014. We've had 10 years of 5e. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they cycle them out every, like, I just sound stupid to say every decade. You know what I mean? I mean, mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, and, and, it, this isn't un- you. You hear the complete lack of shock in my voice. I'm not shocked yes. by it at all. I, I'm just kind of pissed because I think 5e is pretty perfect. Yeah, no, it's it has been great for getting people into D and D. It's like I, if I it don't want to turn it into a Pathfinder scenario. If it ain't broke, you know, don't fix it. Exactly. So. I don't know. So I, a couple of things. Uh, uh, we were just talking about the, the standard prices. Yes. Uh, so the Dragonlance bundle is going to be 60 bucks. So, you know, yeah, you get your digital bundle, but it's also 10 bucks more, right? So they're, they're, they are kind of squeezing out the, all of the people that would not have paid for digital are now forced to pay for digital because it's bundled and you can't buy it without paying the extra 10 bucks. I mean, it's just, it's 60 bucks. For, yeah. for the bundle. And then it also is coming with a uh, deluxe edition, which is going to be 155 bucks. where you also get... So in the deluxe edition, you get the Dragonlance Heroes of Kryn board game, a special DM screen, and then the, the Dragonlance Shadow of the Dragon Queen uh, campaign setting. So it's there's a couple of different options coming in there, but again, both... Also, there's an alternate cover. Great. Cool. Start saving well, now. Uh, we, that doesn't come out till like beginning of December, so we're not getting any new D and D books now. So, at time recording, we're at near the end of August, so we're going to go through basically the rest of quarter three, and most of quarter f- and four, and then we'll get the fourth book, the final the final book for the year, which I'm not a huge fan of. I th- but we did just go through a good space of like one a month, right? But you know, do you want to? Uh... It's also huge. Dragonlance is huge. So taking a gap 
makes sense. Now, Dragonlance, I remember, I think I read a couple of those novels. There was a shit ton of Dra- Dragonlance novels back in the day. Oh, right? yeah. And it it's basically the, these twins, right? One's like a fighter, one's a magic user. And over the years, the magic user guy gets like, the, the magic like messes with him and he gets older and he looks different than his twin. That's all I remember, is that it was kind of some twins and their dragon rider. Yeah, kind of something thing. like that. Yeah. If you've read Dragonlance, give us a call on the GVM line. 201-730-2547. Put your hearing aid on. I'll say it one more time. 201-730-2547. And then give us a book report on the Dragonlance novels. Um, Let's let's do do the Magic the Gathering before we wrap up the D&D segment here. And then, and then, yeah, and then it's going to be an out for me. You guys will have to bring this thing to a close without me. Okay. Okay. I guess we could talk about magic. Oh, yeah. I've been waiting for this. Hey, uh, hey, um, hey, Magic the Gathering. Yeah, I said this to Sandwich the other day. Hey, Magic the Gathering. Look, look, you see that shark below you? So for those who are not super in the loop, that fish below um, you, that's a shark. Yeah. Um, Magic the Gathering has been doing this thing. Some background real quick before I so I can just save myself some time. Um, this thing called Universes Beyond, where they're introducing materials outside of normal magic materials. So like Walking Dead has entered, you know, there's Walking Dead magic cards. There's going to be 40K magic cards. There's going to be Lord of the Rings magic cards. And they're using this Universes Beyond idea to introduce things like that. They could have at least done Warcraft and not Warcraft. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, Warhammer fantasy rather than Warhammer 40k. Yeah. Um, so during the same live stream where they talked about all the new D&D stuff and they talked about some, some of the one D&D stuff, they started talking about magic. I am a person as it's been well documented on the show. I enjoy yep, D&D. It is I enjoy well magic. documented that you are a person. Yes. I will um, go to the mat to anyone who says that sandwich is not a person. They will answer to me. Thank you, Kev. I appreciate the uh, the sign of friendship. Anyways, <laughs> they talked about universes beyond, and they mentioned the next in the future. Well, not next, but in the future, Doctor Who is coming to Magic the Gathering. Hooray! Bye. Official content with all of the doctors up to and including the new Doctor. Yes, which is whoever just... that is. Yeah, I can't. I can't um, remember his name, but he's the yeah. one that was on the show. Sex Education. Um, again, I think yeah, he's yeah, going to yeah. be a good, a name. good option. But I'm still two doctors behind, so we'll see. So, yeah, officially, um, we have jumped the shark. As as Kev has, so you know, is, is Magic the Gathering gonna uh, gonna Funko pop it and just every every uh, IP so they can the get thing. their hands on, they're gonna throw some magic cards that's out there. The thing, because like for those who also don't know. They're making Fortnite magic cards. You know, they're doing anything with any modicum of pop culture relevance. They're going to make magic cards for them now. Scooby-Doo Magic the Gathering set. Huh? They're going to do Fortnite cards? Yes. I need Peely. And Man Cake. I don't know if they'll have specific cards. I have to look at them again. But they they announced those before. The Hanna-Barbera Universe... Magic the Gathering cards, the Looney Tunes magic cards. I like the Hanna-Barbera. They, they've done, um, they've done Mortal Kombat before also. I don't know if I had mentioned that. No, Mortal you have Mortal Kombat, haven't. Stranger Things. 
Um, um, let, let's let's reach out to uh, Wizards of the Coast. Let's reach out to Hasbro and see if we can work on the uh, public domainiverse set. Public of, domainiverse uh, set of Magic cards. Yeah. So first two um, cards are going to have Winnie the Pooh and Conan the Barbarian. If you combine those cards, something you know special has to happen. Yes, I leave. Anyways, <laughs> you leave. Sure, you leave. The day you stop playing magic is the day that I stop buying toys. Oh, you hear it. All you got to do, all you got to do, give up magic. And then you don't have to go pick up anything else from the archive anymore. Is That's it worth how it? confident I am. He's not going to stop. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yep. You're exactly. right. You got it. Kev, yep. win, Kev wins in this I one. nailed it. Oh, just in the Kev is right section of the show. Cause we had a sandwich is right section earlier. <laughs> Anyways. So. I do want to get back to this real quick. In the past, they've done it where they did a Godzilla one too. But the thing with Godzilla is they weren't unique cards. These are unique made for Doctor Who cards, which is going to be a thing because, you know, the idea of magic, it's, it's like Dungeons and Dragons. It still lives in that world where it's like, you know, it's kind of like a high fantasy thing. Why is there Doctor Who in my high fantasy? You know? There's a thing in when The Walking Dead was coming out. There was a police car in the background of one of the pictures. Uh-huh. You're telling me there's a police car somewhere uh-huh. in Magic the Gathering, like there's one in 40k the Dragons. 40k too, yeah. Are, are they know, getting like, pulled through a portal into the Magic the Gathering universe, or it doesn't explain that? It doesn't get explained. No, no, no. They don't explain how it works. They just do it. I mean, there's because no explanation because Doctor Who. I happen. mean, you know, he he travels through space in another dimension. He can be anywhere. So. He can show up in somewhere in the universe. I, I he can guess. be in Magic the it's Gathering. Just like, I, I don't more want so, this. More like so than The Walking said. Dead. Like, The Walking Dead can't show up in this yeah. fantasy universe, but the Doctor could. I mean, it, it's more reasonable in our yeah. sci-fi fantasy here for the Doctor to show up yeah. than for... Uh, like, I would have I enjoyed Rick and Morty more than Doctor Who. Because I just felt like it would have made almost more sense for, it, for it Rick and Morty have, to show up. But it would have at least been more entertaining. Yes. But yeah, they so they did D and D products with Rick and Morty. Exactly. Yeah, they already they've already done it. It wouldn't surprise me yeah. that they don't come out with Hasbro, a Rick and Morty magic set. And it's infinite wisdom, like uh-huh. Hasbro does on everywhere else. You know, oh, this will either bring in people but bastardize the actual fans. None of the actual fans of magic, I think. Super no one was wanting this. No one asked for, oh, can we get some Doctor Who cards? It'd be cool that they took a, a normal card and just put a Doctor Who skin on it. No one cares about that. But making mechanically unique cards for the Doctors is just not what anyone asked for or wanted. You know, they did that for Stranger Things. You know, they did that for The Walking Dead. They did have, you know, just making these cards up with things that just don't fit in the universe. Hmm. I don't want to play Dungeons and Dragons where it's like, oh, I'm going to get in my Camry and go fight the Dragon Queen. You, you know, so let me <laughs> let me play. I, I guess from a business standpoint, they got to keep printing cards because that's the that's the gig, right? Printing cards, yes. sell them cards. So it's a lot easier to co-opt other content and bring it in than to than to keep creating unique new cards, right? Isn't Not, it just a, yeah? Well, isn't while that all true, it is? Fortnite breaks that model though, because Fortnite has a ton of their own stuff and they co-opt other things. Well, so so does Magic, right? They keep continuing to make new original Magic cards, right? And yeah, then they are, and they're bringing in other. I mean, it's just it's the I same guess. thing. I guess yeah. it's just the way. It's just when when the thing that they're bringing in, like with Fortnite, it 
it's already kind of a silly concept and you can just bring in any IP and it doesn't matter. But like Sandwich is saying, when you bring in 40K or The Walking Dead or Doctor Who, yeah, it, doesn't it doesn't fit make in sense. the format. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, should we wrap up this segment? And with yeah. that, we will um, bring... Hold on. What? Let me do this first. It's D&D. Warriors that terrify. It's D&D. And then, Kev, we have a voicemail. Can you stay into the second segment just to do the voicemail? No. Do you want to play it now? Yeah, I will play it now. Play it right now, and I'll see if there's a comment I can make on it really quick. All right. Hey, you know who this is. When it comes to Saturday morning cartoons, the Super Friends, including Challenge of the Super Friends, there was a Batman um, Saturday morning cartoon, but I think it was a little older, maybe from the 60s, early 70s. Um, and I remember, I've never seen those again, but there was a villain called the Moon Man. And then other cartoons, Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends, and concurrently to Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends, there was another Spider-Man cartoon running, a contemporary. Um, different voice for Peter Parker, but they were drawn identical. And then some later ones, um, the Inhumanoids, only lasted like 12 episodes, but I really liked it. Was that an answer to a question that we asked or was cousin Dave drunk calling us about cartoons <laughs> while again? listening to the show in the background? I know it's weird to hear us, us in the background. In the background. Yeah. Turn your radio down, sir. This is not your first time. Um, well, I think we had mentioned what, you know, what your Saturday morning cartoons were when you were a kid. And I guess you oh. know, he had his he had his personal aide uh, pick up the phone for him and call. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> he's always broken. Um uh yeah so the batman cartoon he referred to was the early 70s and i think it was the i think it was called the adventures of batman i think it was voiced by adam west and burt ward i think were reviving the voices they had done the you know for the roles they played in the live action tv show i think that's correct um super friends challenge of the super friends uh yeah because we all watch those and uh well i mean people of that age watch those and um what else did he say he said spider-man and his amazing friends and then he said there was another spider-man show yeah i don't presume he means the 1960s the cut out comics sliding them across in front of the camera i don't believe he means that one with the famous uh um title uh the famous uh, theme song rather um, so he must mean there was a there was a standalone Spider-Man show at some point. I don't remember when it was, but I do vaguely remember it. So, yeah, and um, I'd have to say Spider-Man and his amazing friends, right? Spider-Man, Firestar, Iceman. That yeah. was one of my all-time favorites. I mean, I, I call it my first cartoon crush because uh, Firestar was my cartoon crush back in 1982 oh. when I was 10 years old. And oh. then, and now there's. Oh, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. What? You're how old? Like ten. You can have a in cartoon 82? crush when you're ten. Yeah. In, that... How do? You, how are you ten years old in '82? But you voted for Reagan twice. Yeah. All right. So yeah. So when I was thirty, and I got my cartoon crush on. Thank uh, you. On Firestar and in college there. Um, 
Yeah, so Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And then it's funny because today there's a show on Disney Plus called Spidey and his amazing friends. Or I think it's maybe it's called the Amazing Spidey Friends, but it's uh, you know Spider-Man and then Miles Morales, who is Spin, and then Gwen, who is Ghost Spider. So And my kids are like obsessed with it. And it's like they are kid versions of the characters. So they're all like the characters are, you know, probably seven or eight years old. But still have all the pow- their powers and are running around. But like, you mean the- you mean they aren't twenty something best friends sharing an apartment in New York City and fighting crime, right? As they were with, I, I love the rip off. I can still hear the sound effects when the apartment would turn into the control center, right? The oh yeah, the the, the painting on the wall turns around and it's the screen and Awful. the coffee table and flips the table over, flips and <laughs> yeah. it's, it's that circular map on the top, the radar. Can I ask a quick question? Yeah. Was it Iceman, Iceman? Because I never got an answer yeah. on that. So yeah, that was Bob, just Bobby Drake. Drake. It was Bobby it was him, Drake right? yeah. before he was gay. Yeah, before Gene Gray told him he was gay. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, there's no uh there's no reference to the X-Men anywhere in that. It is interesting that uh, you know it's Spider-Man and two mm, mutants, but there's I don't no, think the X-Men were uh-uh. ever in it, were they? Uh-uh. I think there's reference to the X-Men in it. Oh, I, you know, I, I take vague, that back. I, I, I'd have to go back and watch, but I vaguely remember there being. Are they on Disney Plus? It is on Disney Plus. Is. I've been trying yeah. to get my trying to get my kids to watch it because it was uh, again such a favorite just, show of mine. It can't you be that many episodes. Again, now, I'll I'll burn through them and see if uh, if there's any. Re- I'm pretty sure there's reference to the X Men in yeah. there. It may be brief, and I also remember there's a Captain America episode as well where he was being mind controlled by somebody, maybe the Red Skull. That yeah, you know, the fun crack. thing about watching the, these old ones is, like, you know, they, they go kind of deep cuts with the villains. You know, it's not sometimes. just the standard. Sometimes, you know, and, and it's it's fun. Uh, you know, you, you get some of their, you know, typical Spider-Man villains, but then you see some other, you know, they I think Loki was in an episode. I think you're right, Captain America. Right. And You guys uh, you guys are going to have to finish this conversation because I got to go. All right, well, why don't you just take us to break, and then we'll... Uh, and with we'll that, on. we will take our first and only break on this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode 693. 92. Damn it, 692. Uh, the one that these guys will name after this break. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. We need to get the word out that the listeners can be involved with Geek Stuff TNG directly by using our GVM line. 201-730-2547. Hmm. Maybe we could use our seductive voices? Huh? Our what? All right, here. Let's read these lines in our most seductive voices, like this. <clears throat> hey there. We want you to be a part of Geek Stuff TNG with your questions and your hmm comments. Oh! <clears throat> That's right. We want you to tell us what's mm, on your mind. What we are doing that you <laughs> like. <coughs> so call us on the GVM line, 201-730-2547, and you may hear yourself uh, on an upcoming episode of Geek Stuff TNG. <laughs> 
Wow. Wow. What? Okay, here we go. I'm James Hatton. And I'm Podcast Rob. And we're the Something Something Cast. We're a pop culture podcast that chats about movies, comics, TV, music, video games, and a whole lot more. Check us out at our home at somethingcast.com. And also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other fine podcatchers as well. Proud members of Hashtag Pottern Family and ACPN, the art, comedy, and pop culture podcast network. Hey, Geek Stuff listeners. It's West Coast Scott here. Did you know I do a podcast with my lovely wife? Say hi, Brittany. Hi. Tell them about our podcast. We do a weekly podcast where we talk about travel, conventions, Disneyland, and our growing family. It's called the PieCast because we got married on Pie Day, and it's available wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. At Pie Day Family. And my new Twitter handle is at Pie Day Scott. Check us out. What's up? This is Mikey T, host of the Failing Hollywood Podcast. I'm just a guy who plays with props behind the scenes. On our show, we have guests who also work behind the scenes, and we joke around, we drop names, we tell real on-set stories. We even play some film games, only on the Failing Hollywood Podcast, found wherever podcasts can be found. Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. And now, another classic Geek Stuff ID. Hey, this is Frank Miller from some very dark place, and you're listening to Big Kev's Geek Stuff. Geek Stuff TNG. Live from the sandwich shop and Pi Day Studios in lovely sunny Southern California, it's Geek Stuff TNG. During our commercial break, you're from our amazing sponsor, BuildXWing.com. This model is in 118 scale, making it the only fully scaled, fully detailed X-Wing ever made for use with your three and three quarter Star Wars action figures. This X-Wing features many amazing details like the Proton Torpedo Bay, working engine lights, and a light-up R2-D2. You can add your own boops, bops, and beeps. The S-foil is open to attack position. The laser cannons simulate firing, and the engine lights power up, all by remote control. We recommend you take them up on their do-do-do-do-do-do premium offer. You get one 18-scale hangar accessories to create a detailed display of your X-Wing, including crates. Tanks, personnel transporter, landing lamps, fuel pump, ladder, as well as several static figures, including ground crew members, and even Luke Skywalker himself. When you sign up for your subscription each month, in addition to your parts of the model, you'll get four full-color magazines featuring instructions for the parts you've received. 
fascinating articles about the original models used in the movies and more. You can collect these great source materials in a free binder, which you'll receive as part of your subscription. As a fan of collectibles, you may have seen models like this online or shows or conventions, and I don't need to tell you the price tag can be quite high. The genius of the system is that you're paying a little each month as well as having fun putting it together yourself. You can check out more info over at buildxwing.com or reach them by phone at 877-544-6779. Check them out today. All right. I'm hesitant to put in the uh, Parm Crisps ad again. We're going to have new advertisements soon. I was looking through some of the old stuff. I'm also thinking I might uh, pull in some of the old... I found the folder on the server that's got like all the old ads, like the oh, yeah. like the Jelly Belly ad and uh, nice. some of the other ones. I'm like, I should just throw those in there just <laughs> just to hear the retro ads. If you want to hear the retro ads, though, uh, you know, go uh, support the show on Patreon and listen to the vintage episodes of Big Kev's Geek stuff as they're coming along. What was that? Oh, are we, are we going? Yeah. I'm oh. sorry. Oh, I like walked away. I'm sorry. <laughs> Very professional. Kev leaves oh, and you're like, oh, Kev's not here anymore. I'll just walk away. I don't have to do anything. I, I thought we were just talking amongst friends. I, I, well, that's I what get the show a countdown. Is. Kev leaves and productive. I don't know when we're starting. Oh, geez. I was like looking for stuff in my room real quick. Yeah. I was going to say, we, Hi guys. When, when, Kev, when Kev's gone, we can, uh, we can burn through some of the news uh, a little bit faster. Uh, and so let's do that. Let's let's just burn through some of the streaming news. Looks like Disney Plus has passed Netflix in total subscribers. That seems a lot faster than was expected. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, I think what it's not also saying is as Disney Plus has continued, I imagine, to skyrocket. I can't imagine Netflix is really like, you know, if not going up, just going down at this point. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's, I mean, it is I mean, what it they is. They plan to cut out like. You know, everyone who's trying to share a password and try to cut out like 50 million accounts, you know, I know it's an exaggeration of numbers. I'm not saying those are accurate numbers, but, you know, I mean, they're definitely not trying to they're trying to cut down, which I get. I understand it from a business perspective, but they should also understand that, you know, that'll cause problems. Yeah. And, and, and but of course, what was Disney's uh, reaction to to that news? They're going to raise the prices. Yeah. Yeah. So when is it going up? Because it's going up soon, is it not? Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I think, I think it's probably within the next couple of months. I paid for Disney plus for the three years in advance. Yeah. Like when it, like it was like, if you wrote, if you just wrote a check for three years, you got it like locked in a price. So I did that when it was coming go. out. So I'm <laughs> locked. I'm at least locked in for, I think I got another year. It's only been like two years, right? I guess. Yeah, it has been at this point. Or close to it at least. So it looks like Disney's numbers include 152 million. Oh, and I guess they're including like Hulu in there too. So when you put all that together, oh okay, it's putting Disney. Oh, so they, they cheated a little bit, a little bit of a yeah embellishment, but that's fine. You're Disney. You could just oh boy. I'm telling you though, but so yeah, so Disney. I mean, man, I I get it. They're a huge corporation, and they have to make money for their shareholders. Yes, yes. but uh, more and more, they are feeling like a greedy freaking company, man. I mean, did, did you hear about all the stuff with, uh, they're talking about the, the pass holders, right? I'm a, a key holder right mm-hmm. now. It's, you know, you have a magic key was their replacement yes. for the annual passes. And then in a recent like shareholder call, the, mm-hmm. uh, the CEO said, oh yeah, there are undesirable park goers or something like that. 
undesirable guests, which basically saying that, you know, there's tourists and un- and then undesirable guests. Well, who's the undesirable guests? The locals that have passes that show up and don't buy as much merchandise, I theoretically, which I don't think is necessarily true. Y- you know, a person may go to Disneyland once a year and buy a certain amount of merchandise, and then a pass yeah. holder goes every week, and they're buying things as they come out. You know what I mean? Like, if you... I, I feel like they are treating the pass holders poorly. And yes. there's been a lot of negative controversy in the parks. But then same thing, you know, they're just raising the price on Disney Plus, but and 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 you know, all this consolidation stuff between, you know, HBO and Warner and Disney Plus and Hulu yeah, and no, it's, Netflix it's is struggling. Becoming, you know, I I there's been a couple games and like things I've seen where it's like the post apocalyptic world where it's like it's not countries anymore. It's conglomerates against one another. <laughs> yeah, I fully expect in a couple hundred years when my my ancestors, my not my my descendants, listen to this episode, and I'm prophesizing the Disney conglomerate they live under, where it's no longer the United States of America; it's the House of Mouse they live in. <laughs> you know, yeah. the national anthem is the Mickey Mouse Club. Who's the leader of the club that's made for you and me? Like, I would be shocked. If like in the future, even just five years from now, what will Disney own? What will Warner own? You know, like what's going to be like the next thing? Like what wh- what's the the landscape going to be for all that stuff? Because I mean, I can I can't see it like it's going to split in any way. You know, no one's going to come and be like, hey, you have too much. Yeah, there's not going to be an antitrust lawsuit that forces them to break up, which is really probably what needs to happen. Um, did you have we you seen have laws for that? <laughs> we do have laws for that. They just don't yeah. enforce them. Um, do you, did you ever see Demolition Man? I know of it. Where every restaurant was Taco. Every restaurant right? was Taco Bell, right? So every film studio is did like Disney owns all this. You know what I mean? Like all media is going to be. Doesn't come from Disney, Disney literally own like fifty percent of every film that comes out nowadays in theaters? Isn't it some weird number like that? I mean, it's probably that high. Absolutely, it's like, and when you just think of the franchises <laughs> that they own, there's very little that they don't. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's frustrating, but because, you know, you own everything and you're, you're squeezing every penny out of everybody, yeah. right? I mean, it's yeah. just, no, yeah. there's no, that's the problem. I, oh, now I'm going to go on an anti-capitalist rant, right? That's the problem was you can never be satisfied with just creating a good product. You've got to also continue to raise profits and you can't raise profits forever. Yeah. And eventually you have to, you know, squeeze your part, you know, your, your, the people that are buying your product are going to eventually get squeezed. I have a crazy idea. I know they would never do if they could, they should raise the pass holder price and then be like, Oh, but we'll include Disney plus or we're also going to raise it a bunch. Yeah. No, they're there. It doesn't matter. They keep raising it. It, it. So I think the new top tier pass is $1,600 a year. And I think that that's about $200 more than what it was last time. And I think the only difference is that it includes uh, the photos. You get you get your you get your photos now included, which is nice. I really missed the photos. I was really disappointed yes. that the photos weren't there with this yes. last one. But um, it, it really it's just when you start to think about it, it's like okay, if I'm paying sixteen hundred dollars a year, if I go on a non busy day, let's just call it a hundred bucks to get in the park, and that's like the low end. If you go during the summer, it's going to be way more than that. But it's like okay, so now I've got to go at least sixteen times to be yes. worth it, right? And yeah. you know. It's so you you really it's not cheap to get into also. It's it's not, but you you have to at this point where the price point is, you have to do the math. 
if for whatever reason I get busy and I can't go an average of once a month, I've paid more for the past than if I would have just paid for it when I want to go. Right. No. And and so, and, and then the other thing is the, the whole reservation system is an absolute F you to people that want to have the pass, right? That top tier pass should have zero blackout dates. And they say zero blackout dates were the reservation. Who decides when there's reservations left or not? Disney does. So anytime they want, they can just go, oh, there's no more reservations. And it's effectively a blackout date. With the top tier pass, there shouldn't you shouldn't need a reservation. You should be able to walk in 365 days of the year. That's why you pay for the top tier pass. So again, I'm obviously very frustrated with Disney parks right now. And, you know, this, uh, you know, with the streamers, it's like, yeah, you got Disney Plus and Netflix and Hulu and Peacock and all it's something's got to give, especially if they figure out a way to prevent password sharing. And, you know, and so then is eliminating password sharing going to then kill off the, the, the lesser streamers, you know? Yeah. And then they have to sell their content back to the bigger. They get absorbed back into the bigger streamers. Yeah, right. Then you have where it's like Disney just bought the rights to these thirty Netflix show. You know that it's you know. And, and here's the problem, right? When streaming first started, remember, and I've seen a couple articles on this. Oh, streaming is going to be great because anything that you want to see is going to be out there somewhere on a streamer, right? All of this yeah. old, old sitcoms or this or that or whatever. But no. HBO is saying, we'll take a tax write-off and throw it in a vault and no one can ever see it anymore because we made uh, some extra money for our shareholders by taking the tax write-off. So, in essence, things are lost forever to streaming because yeah. of profit, Yeah. right? And so, which means you have to go back to, oh, i got to find a torrent for for XYZ content that I can't find anymore. Or dust off my DVD player. Or, or I got the old DVD of it somewhere. So, it, it's it's really it's really rough. So, uh, let's see. Sticking with what with Disney going on to Hulu, right? Keanu Reeves is going to be in a Devil in White City series that was like I think a Pulitzer Prize winning novel, or at least a very oh, yeah. well. Uh, it's a novel. Um, what else? Uh, the Modoc series got canceled. Only yeah. Murders in the Building is renewed for a season three on Hulu. That's pretty good. You probably don't watch that one. Which one? It's called Only Murders in the Building. It's Steve no. Martin and Martin uh, Short and uh, Selena Gomez. But, no. yeah, I mean, again, it's not really in our genre, but it's decent. And then, just to follow up on one other thing, um, John DiMaggio, I think he did come back to do the uh, his, the voice of Bender, Bender, but he didn't get the raise that he wanted. So I think he, they, they came to an agreement, but I feel like he kind of just said, well, I don't want to leave the fans out. I don't know. So I'm just, again, we're, we're pounding through the... Uh, Streamers, the, the, the new streamer story. We won't talk about Sandman, um, because I'm sure uh, Kev would want to talk about that. Um, but Love, Death, and Robots over on Netflix did get uh, se- is going to get a season four. I heard good things about season three that just came out. I saw one of the episodes, just like I, I like saw bits of it. That like, did you see season three? No, I mean I wasn't thrilled with any of them, so that's not going to be high on my list. Okay. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll, I might get around to it, but it's not in any way a priority for me. There's two episodes that were interesting. One of them I've seen a bit, and the other one I saw just clips. One of them was like some weird siren episode, real violent and stuff. Another one that I thought was kind of funny. It was like a zombie apocalypse, but it was some like the perspective of like a mini. <laughs> so it looked like little like little minis running around like fighting zombies and stuff. Like other mini zombies, it was just kind of funny looking. Okay, it looked like just toys just playing with you. Okay, I mean, again, 
my my opinion on love death and love death and robots is that what it's called yes yeah love death and robots is that it seems like an excuse for ultra violence and uh explicit sex like yeah you, you know the stories are not that unique it's just oh they're ultra violent or extremely explicit so there's nothing there was uh, you know so when I watched the first two seasons that there wasn't there was like one or two episodes out of the whole series I was like oh that was an interesting story and then the rest of them it was just the the, the extreme content um, but it yes. didn't seem they didn't seem that special to me that was just my opinion on it some people may like it and that's fine but it's just seeing season three or season four is not going to be high on my priority list when I still I still haven't even gotten around to Stranger Things and you know yeah. there's going to be lots of other stuff I did watch the first episode of She Hulk I'm sure we'll talk about that. In a couple of weeks, when the embargo is gone, you saw She Hulk too, right? Yes, I did see the first episode because um, obviously I'm a Hulk fan. So anything involving him, I'm going to want to get in on and just you know see what they're doing. I I actually like the episode. I like what they're doing with the character She Hulk. Um, I like how they treated the Hulk, you know, Smart Hulk or Bruce Banner the character. I liked how they did it. It didn't, you know, it kind of made me appreciate it a little more. Um, some things I didn't like about the episode, but that wasn't like anything wrong with the episode. There's just some like there's some parts I was like, eh, but whatever. That's just that's just me. You know, that's just my personal taste. I'm saying they did anything wrong. Yeah. So let's do let's do sandwiches Hulk corner here. I got I got some Hulk questions for you since you're the expert. Okay. Um so so the thing that is interesting about She Hulk, right, is yes. her personality doesn't change at all. Right? Yes. And in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Smart Hulk, it it is he is exclusively that is is that integrating the two personalities or is that just banner that's the two so so smart hulk it's is kinda, still different yeah. than bruce right he's smart yeah. hulk and he's more like bruce but he is not 100% bruce no yeah it's a very much like yeah i understand bruce talks the whole time but it's very much like a meeting of like okay let's work for this you know yeah cuz there are editions like versions of hulk where it can he can just talk, you know. You look at Thor Ragnarok, where you know that because you know he has basically split personality. But there's a bunch more yeah. that they don't do in the MCU, which is fine because I know that's a lot of confusion things. Hulk during that comic storyline, he's intelligent. He talks like he gets married. He becomes a king. Like it's a whole thing. There's intelligence in the Hulk, but this is definitely a merging of the two. When he was there, it was just that personality of the Hulk was running the show. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. Different. On when we were talking, kind of before the show, it's yeah. it's there's a lot of things going on. So there is the you know gamma radiation that changes Bruce. Which again, I yes. think that they I don't know if they retconned it, but they certainly added some nuance to how that works in She Hulk that they've never really talked about before. And I won't uh -huh. spoil any of that, but um, it also seems like Bruce has some trauma that he's actually got associative dis uh, identity disorder. I mean, mm -hmm. right? And, yes. the, and the camera that, radiation brings out... Right, that's right. So there's it. actually, yeah. you know, childhood trauma there that makes this yeah. rage monster of the Hulk as opposed to somebody with extreme strength given from gamma radiation like the She-Hulk. She's just... She's yeah. Jennifer Walters either way, right? Yeah. So I think that that's interesting. It's that it's not like the Hulk that we've always thought of. It's not the gamma radiation that creates the rage monster. It's no. the mental illness it's of the, Bruce Banner. It's that he had a messed up childhood. Right. And, you know, that was the one thing. Uh, if You've seen the Eric Banner 
version of the Incredible Hulk, right? Kind of like 03. <laughs> the Ang Lee version? Yeah. It surely not destroy so, my so, entire yeah. career. So, so yeah. I understand that was definitely not a great movie, but it does show that there was a lot of trauma in his life that with that right amount of trauma and according to this MCU, slight spoiler, the right amount of genetic code to handle gamma radiation, you get this beautiful little green monster child. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's interesting. And again, you know, I think there's more there's more to talk about that, but it's like, it, you know, you think that the gamma radiation turned him into the rage monster, but it didn't. The gamma radiation just made him strong and yeah. his multiple personality came out. And yeah. and when yeah. he's Bruce, he's Bruce. And his alternate yeah. identity is, a, got, is an know, angry person, there, right? There, there's some other ones I, I would love. I know they're never going to do it. I would love Joe Fix-It for a series. Now, that's what, him. I know as, the name. What's yes. what makes it Joe Fix It? What makes that so he's character? gray? Okay, he's not as strong, but he's not as smart. It's like he's stronger than Smart Hulk, but he's not as strong as like Savage Hulk, which is like just base level Hulk. And he's like a bouncer in Vegas and like works <laughs> for the mob and like walks around in suits and like you know he is that like he talks kind of was like a, a bit of an ex. Is that a different universe, or was that just he just did that for a while? That was in the comics. That was a thing for a while where he would turn into Joe Fix It because there's a bunch of different personalities. Oh, so he still had he still had the alt the, the he would turn back into Bruce the, and live the his green, Bruce life. The, there's the Bruce. There's the Green Hulk. There's Joe Fix It. There's like I said when he was on that planet Sakar, that was a whole other personality itself. Yeah, that you know. So there's a bunch of different options for the hulk yeah so there, yeah so bruce has multiple personality disorder period yes that yes. i mean that they don't really talk about it but it's really his mental illness is is his part is is completely connected to his superpower yes yeah that's just interesting and i think that that i, I only really kind of learned that aspect on something that was talking about the she like why can yes. jennifer just be normal yes and be the hulk she got, right? she got a much smaller dose and has no uh, radiate, not as much trauma in her life. Right. No, and I don't think it has to do with the dose. I think that it has to do with well, the, the, the I, it's, it is a portion, but it's not as big a portion as you didn't have a bad child, bad childhood as Bruce yeah. did. Yeah. So, <laughs> and again, I thought that I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So, no, so yeah, I'm, sure. I'm 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 excited. Again, it's supposed to be yeah. a sitcom, you know, lawyer show, yeah. right? You know, it's it's going to be yeah. more fun. So you can't you can't. It's not a longer show, too. It's going to be about like 10 episodes, I think. 10 or episodes. We'll talk a little bit more about it uh, in the coming weeks on Geek Stuff TNG here. Let's see. um, There's going to be, I don't, we don't really talk about it too much, but there's going to be the the boys' college spinoff. I think it's called Generation V. I think I saw that, yeah. Right. So it's going to, it's just going to follow some teen, our college age soups, right? So that should be interesting because, again, the universe that they built is. I wonder if I wonder, it's gonna be like a Amer- like American Pie, but basically where it's like <laughs> soups trying to get laid for the first time. Oh man, I mean, it's already so satirical. It's like it's I don't know. So satire is meant to be kind of funny, right? Because it's satire, yeah. right? But it's like it's so dark. Is it funny? Like, would do you think the boys is funny or is it just dark? I mean, it's it's dark humor. But I mean, mm-hmm. it's pretty, it's pretty hardcore, right? Yeah. I just wonder if the Generation V show, like, will it take place during the same timeline? Will we see the events happening? Or is it going to pick up after the events of the most recent series and then just go on? 
or maybe we'll probably see maybe there'll be like flashbacks and you can you'll get to see the things that have happened in the boys like from a different perspective or here's what was happening to the kids while yeah. the stuff kind of meanwhile the, yeah exactly it, it should be good i mean, I, mean I, I would like for like the characters to i'd like for the story to take place before the boys only because like i understand it's the same universe but like i would just enjoy it more if the boys just showed up like maybe it's like you have translucent show but like teach a class it'd be creepy but then he like goes away you know right yeah so that way it it, it lowers the stakes right because the stakes in the boys universe are, are you know things are getting pretty bad yeah and how are you going to exist? How are you not going to have the tension level up at like a 10 where they are in the boys universe? So you're right. If it was earlier on and yeah, it's like it's pre the events of the boys. So you just have the normal seven before starlight, right? Like, you know, or yeah, maybe you're exactly. right at, you know, that you're right. I think that might be good, but I don't know what the storyline is going to be. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the rings of power is getting ready to come out pretty soon, but it hasn't started yet. Right. Um, yeah. I'm excited for that. Cause I, I do enjoy Lord of the Rings, some more Lord of the Rings content. Yeah, uh, let's see. Fun, Howard Shore is going to be doing uh, the um, the score, so that's you know a ma- major name in in that. What else on Prime? Uh, Upload is renewed for a season three. I haven't got to see season two yet. Did you watch Upload? Are you familiar with that one? What? No. So it's you know you can upload your consciousness up into the cloud before you die, and then you can continue okay. to exist. Was it the Taylor Lautner movie? Taylor, the guy from Twilight's in it, I think. Oh no no no! It's um it's Arrow's brother, right? It's I don't one know. One of the Amel brothers. One of the Amel brothers is in it, I think. But you're, but uh, you're saying there was a movie that was a similar premise? No 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 no! I miss I misspoke. Um, I seen I seen bits of the, I think yeah I think it is Robbie Amel. So oh okay, so you think it's younger? It's, um, it's the younger Amel brother. Yeah, it's a Green Arrow from the from the CW. His brothers, what you're saying? Yeah yeah yeah. He was also in the CW. I think he was the first Firestorm. Oh that yeah, could be. Yeah, it is. It is Robbie Amell that is is the main yeah. main character on it. So yeah, so so he lives and exists in a virtual world, but you can still exist with the outside world. You know, they yeah. just communicate. You know, whatever it's like. It's like you're talking to somebody in a video game. But then then there's a lot of uh, kind of uh, commentary on like the haves and the have-nots, right? If you can't afford to pay. If you, if you didn't die with a bunch of money that can continue to pay your data usage, then you just get shut down. You're just, you you, you know, you're, you're not dead. You're just, your account is frozen because there's no money to pay for the data that it takes to keep you alive in the digital world, right? Yeah. So that's where they ended season one, and they were going to explore that in season two. And there's a whole murder mystery part of it, too. And, and it's it's a decent show. We really liked it. But it was, it, that was like the, right at the beginning of the pandemic that came out. We watched that. And then it's like they couldn't do a season two because it was in the middle of the pandemic. So now season two has come out and it's approved for season three. So I would check out Upload. It's pretty good quality. Um, My wife and I watched uh, the A League of Their Own series on Prime. We just watched the first episode of that. But it's basically taking the events of the movie. Now now we're looking at it's it's retelling the movie, right? So it still looks like it's still going to focus on the same team. So Mm -hmm. I'll be interested. Season or episode one looked pretty good. Uh, what else do we got here? Um, let's see. Over on Apple TV, Ted Lasso is going to finish up its final season. Uh, let's talk about Paramount Plus. We don't talk about Paramount Plus enough. Um, they've got like over six million subscriptions over there. 
Yeah, they they came out with the Godfather show recently that my parents like loved. Was it like uh, the, the making, making of the Godfather? The, of the movie was it good? I heard they said it was phenomenal. I forget what it's called. It might be like um, isn't it called like the contract? I I was saying like the offer, but I'm like I, the feel offer, like that's I think just it's the me. offer. Yeah, it might be might be yeah because I'm, I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. I wanted to watch yeah. that because again the God I'd like to see the it's like it's basically just the making of the Godfather though, right? Yeah, it tells about like. You know, like how the guy went out to Hollywood and was like just kind of a nobody for a while. And then he ended up getting, you know, this gig and everything that happened after he started making the movie and stuff, I think. All right. I, they said it was awesome. So now, now Paramount Plus, like that seems to be like tied to the MTV products, like Viacom stuff. Yeah. Right. Because you got there's a Teen Wolf spinoff, which is going to have Sarah Michelle Gell- Geller from Buffy in it. There's going to be a new Jackass series. Uh, let's see. They've got the Halo show. Now, have you watched any of the Halo show? Um, no, because it had nothing to do with Halo. <laughs> but that's, the master, that's the Master Cheeks, though, right? That's what you said? The Master Cheeks okay. were prominent in, in, in the Halo show from what I did here. All right. That it was his mask off, his helmet was off every other episode, and you saw a lot of the Master Cheeks, and it had nothing to do with the Halo story. It's just a guy cosplaying as the Master Chief <laughs> and, then, and then some story that doesn't have anything to do with it. All right. Yeah. Let's see. Again, there's a lot of new Star Trek stuff going on with uh, Strange New Worlds. Uh, you know, Beavis and Butthead uh, do the universe came out, and they're putting, the, they're going to re-release the old shows, but put the old videos back in them. Right. Because again, like, huh. it, it's all about paying for the rights to the songs, right? So like when they were yeah. airing originally on MTV, it was fine. But then when they re-released it, they couldn't show you the them commenting on the music video. So I think that's coming back. Um, that's cool. So, and then over on HBO Max, right? House of Dragons debuted. Um, didn't I, I didn't get a chance to watch things. it? You heard good stuff about it. I heard wonderful things. Really, which makes me feel good because that if Thrones is good, I feel like the world is better. <laughs> we we need an actual. Everything's gone downhill since uh, Game of Thrones season seven sucked and then destroyed yes, everything. Seven yeah. eight just brought it so downhill, and then COVID happened. So so it really <laughs> I'm not is saying their they're fault. related. You can't tell me they're not though. <laughs> See, that's it because there's uh, an article saying that uh, George R. R. Martin wanted uh, wanted that series to go like ten seasons. He said it needed to go ten seasons to to do it right, and they didn't listen to him. I don't know how and messed it up. I don't know how. If if he gave us ten seasons worth of books, well, yeah, that's his fault. If he would have write faster, dude, uh, he yeah. said he's uh, almost done with. Uh, oh, that's uh, good with the last book. I mean, yeah, and it's not going to be anything like what happened in there. So, see, you know, the thing is too. I I remember hearing a thing that like. He's not going to let, like, if something, God forbid, happen, because, you know, obviously you don't wish that on anyone. If something happens to him before um, he could finish the book, he's not letting anyone else finish it. Like, he has people who writes with him that he's not going to let anyone finish the books for him. <laughs> he's like in the in the middle of the last page. He types the end and then he drops dead of a heart attack. No, can't release it because he didn't finish it. Nope. Yeah. Oh, geez. That's funny. Like, can you imagine? That would be so awful. People have been reading would, these books for decades because they've been out forever. I mean, you know, like he 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 started on the series decades ago, right? Yeah, I mean, I can't. I don't know when the last time an actual book from that series even came out. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, so it's the been last a while. one came out in 2011. Are you that long? 
So he has July twelfth, twenty eleven. So he hasn't even released a book. He in has the whole released time. since then a bunch of reference books and novellas. Right. Okay. But so he hasn't released a new quote unquote Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire. Yes. Right. He hasn't released yeah. a new book in that series in the entire time that it's been on TV in a decade. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's and this is book that was book five of in theory seven. Oh, geez. So in theory, he has two. Books. He has two more to do. Oh, I thought Winds of Winter was the last one. So there's still another book. Oh, yes. Oh, my there's God. still one more after that. Oh, geez. Well, so Once he's doing them together. Yeah, he, he's writing them at the same time, like when they do Back to the Future two and three. Right. He's 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 writing two books, one with each hand. He's just writing both books at the same time. Um. Yeah. I mean, listen, George, you're from Jersey. I'm from Jersey. I feel like I can level with you for a minute, but. I'm, I'm gonna use I'm gonna use some Italian words real quick. You're being a real fucking stunad, all right? <laughs> Listen, he spent how many years writing? Because it didn't take him eleven years to write the five other books. I think he definitely you know wrote them in a semi timely manner. I understand you gotta take your time. I understand you get writer's block. I understand you want to take a break, take a year off. That's cool. Well, I feel eleven like, years. I feel like also he's been writing. He's written a ton of other books. See, that's the thing is he's just writing other yeah. other properties that he he's interested in so i don't know um now uh there's been a lot of people complaining about what's going on with the merger right uh even john oliver on last week tonight's been complaining a lot of animators are upset about them removing shows like infinity train okko and more um kevin smith is mad about them axing batgirl there's just i mean you know nobody's happy with what's going on at hbo warner no. like warner seems to be just saying yep we're going to take tax breaks we're going to do good for our shareholders and we're screwing the artists we're screwing yep. the public who want to see these things they're just yep. taking they're taking the short the short uh, gain and screwing everyone else it really sucks yeah which sucks it really sucks it really does but although the it seems like the season 4 of the westworld is actually good i've i i you know, I'm. I'll get around I to watching I that seen eventually. Season one, two, three to care. Um, season one was good. Season two was okay. Season three was weird, and and like had nothing to do with seasons one and two. So if season four goes back to the well, maybe it'll it'll be good. Are um, you familiar with a thing called filler? Season three was filler. Yeah. Yeah. Well, was season three just filler? I mean, <laughs> we'll see. Because in anime, that's it. a big thing. But if they did filler in an HBO show, that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like like the the last half of uh, the Sopranos, there were six yeah. episodes of filler, um, yeah. because he he said, oh, you know, he had it done, and they're like, here's a whole bunch of money, do more episodes, and so he just added a bunch of episodes that did nothing to advance the plot, right? Yeah, just stories, just yeah. other stuff. Yeah, and then the last uh, on HBO Max, despite reports, uh, WB has not yet canceled Doom Patrol and Titans yet, so they're probably gone, oh, so, but they yeah. have not yet canceled. With that kind of wording too, it's like we've not been. <laughs> we still have them for now, but not saying look forward to them. At least from the way it sounds, yeah. You know, which sucks because just because I wasn't a huge fan of Titans or I was an RK with Doom Patrol. Um, you know, I don't. I like these characters. You know, I like Doom Patrol because they're weird, interesting characters. You know, I don't want the stories to go away because who knows when the next time that'll ever get picked up. Yeah. Yeah, you're not who knows at what like point that. in the future they'll be like, let's try Doom Patrol again. They're not going to reboot ever. Doom Patrol ever, right? You'll never see. You may see yeah. Titans just because of, 
you know who yeah. the characters are in that but Doom it, Patrol, it's, a, it's, it's an iconic it. enough team that it, it, it'll come back at some point yeah. you, the titans were a safe bet but doom patrol yeah unless you do like you know doom patrol go <laughs> are you familiar <laughs> with teen titans go right you're you not know? but you're not going to see a live action doom patrol reboot anytime in, in the near future yeah. which again yeah. I, I i liked it I, I liked the vibe of the show and and, and the characters yeah. in there so yeah. Um, let's see. Peacock, uh, they've got over 28 million active subscribers. Um, let's see. I'm sorry, no, 13 million paid subscribers, 28 million active users. Because oh, they have the, um, the the like free option deal with the right. Yeah, you can get that. You can get the with commercials. There's going to be commercials on Netflix soon. There's going to be commercials on the lowest tier of Disney Plus. So it's you know they're just they're just. Looking for ways to... I mean, I, I get it. They're companies. They're supposed to make money, but God. Um, let's see. Over on FX, What We Do in the Shadows is going to be uh, renewed all the way through season six. I think it's currently in season four. It does six seasons already? No, no. It's in season four, but it's renewed through season six. Have you watched that show at all? No. Again, based on a Taika Waititi and uh, uh, um, Jermaine Clement uh, mockumentary about vampires, and then they you know, kind of retooled it for uh, the show, but it's a good show. I, it's funny. I really like it, especially if you like, you know, vampire lore, then this is a good mockumentary about that. So I, I really enjoy that. Uh, over on CW, um, you know, what, everything's canceled, right? Flash is going to be ending after nine seasons. The Supernatural oh, really? prequel is still in the works, but yeah, they're, they're done with uh, Flash after season nine. So yeah, now the Arrowverse is like unofficially dead now. Is there anything left? After after Flash, I mean, there's stuff, but there's none of nothing that's been around more than a couple seasons at most. But what what would st- once Flash is gone, what else would be still going? Batgirl, um, Bat- Batwoman's so gone. Superman and Lois. Okay, they just recast somebody on Superman and Lois. One like yeah, John. It was one of the sons. Yeah, okay. It was John or yeah. Um, yeah, Superman and Lois, I think, is on there. Oh, yeah, cause, wait, because what's what's canceled at this point is, you know, Supergirl's gone, Flash will be gone, Arrow's gone, Legends of Tomorrow's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Batwoman is gone. Yeah, is there anything Batman's other than gone. Superman and Lois? That's the last one, right? Yeah, I think that's just it now. I don't think there's any shows left after Superman. So, yeah, I guess this is, like, the official death knell of uh, <laughs> the Arrowverse. Yeah. Which is kind of sad to think about, because I remember, like, when it first came out, and it was like, wow, this is so cool. It, it was kind of a... A, a renaissance of superhero network television for a little while, right? Yeah. Like the Arrowverse was a big deal, and then now that it's gone, they'll and CW's. Gone. I mean, you know, like the whole CW network has been imploded, right? It's gone. Yeah. So no, just like really, nothing left of the Arrowverse, which is sad to think about. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let me hit the two two more networks, right? Sci-Fi, Resident Alien with Alan Tudyk. You know mm-hmm. who Alan Tudyk is, right? Yes, I heard that was a really good show. It it looks good. It looks funny. I totally wanna, I totally wanna see it. Uh, you know, but I haven't had time. But it is renewed through season three at least. So, um, you know, I'm interested to see that. Uh, Breaking Bad. I'm sorry. Better Call Saul is all done now. There was a lot of speculation. Are they going to do an August Fring show? Are they going to continue? Are we going to see more of uh, Walt and Jesse? And I I know that they showed up in the series uh, towards the end there, but. Uh, Vince Gilligan, everybody's done with Breaking Bad Universe. Vince Gilligan even said he'd like to write a good guy for a change <laughs> instead of these anti-heroes, these uh, these kind of these lovable bad guys. I mean, I don't know how lovable Walt 
Walter White was, but I mean, he certainly was the character that you were behind Good in for, the show. Yeah. And, and it is it is weird to say that, like you know, like when you when you look at like there was a lot of hate on his wife Skyler. Yeah. Right. But it's like she's perfectly reasonable. She doesn't want her husband to be <laughs> a fucking drug lord, a major criminal, right? Yeah. So, but and yet, you know, she there's so much hate on that character for doing what the actual was the actual reasonable thing to do. And same thing. I mean, you know, like you love uh, Saul Goodman, but I mean, he's not a good person, right? Yeah. Now, again, that's why you have to throw in a a, a you know murderous crime lord uh, like Gus Fring to then make. Saul seemed not so evil by comparison. You know, he's certainly not a moral character. He's just not as bad as the murderers, right? So. Yeah. But. Oh, so real quick, just going back to the uh, Arrowverse thing. It is now just officially then, if that goes away, just Superman and Lois. Yeah. And I mean, how long is that going to last on CW? Really? I mean, yeah. you know, it can't last that much longer. So. All right. I think we should uh, wrap this up. I think we covered a lot of good stuff. Yeah, we went through some good content. Yeah, so let's uh, let's remind folks that they can uh, support the show on the social medias, right? It's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Geek Stuff TNG, and all those places. If you want to be part of the show, like Cousin Dave, and call with the show in the background, no, turn your radio down, sir, and uh, call in the GVM line. 201-730-2547. Be sure and support the show over on Patreon.com slash GeekStuffTNG. Be sure to subscribe, like, share, review the show. All those things help other people. Uh, find us if you want to find me your intrepid producer it is at pie day scott on twitter and instagram how about uh kev you know kev's uh you can find kev at bk geek stuff everywhere that is in fortnite where he is big kev gs yep and what about you uh you can find me on instagram and in theory fortnite at fat dumbledore f-a-t-d-o-m-b-l-e D-O-R-E. I don't know why I, I've twice today gotten lost in the sauce of spelling and or saying things. I don't know. I, don't know, I gotta take my vitamins or something. Take your vitamins. Alright, well what should we call this episode? I don't know. Let's see. I mean What was the one is it one D and D? Is it one Geeks of TNG? There it is. One Geeks of TNG. So we will end this episode, episode six ninety-two. One Geek Stuff TNG, the way we end some episodes by saying. Good night, Clue Gulliger. Wherever you are. And on that note, we cue the music. Spins a web any size, catches thieves just like flies. Look out! Here comes a Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, but he's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there! Here goes a Spider-Man in the chair.
night at the scene of the crime Like a streak of light, he arrives just in time Spider-Man, Spider-Man, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man Wealth and fame, he's ignored, action is his reward Look out, there goes a Spider-Man Watch out, Mr. Hydra is his reward to him life is a great big wherever there's a brain up you'll find the spider Good job, guys. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. <laughs>